praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Welcome to this morning. God bless you each and every one. Good to see you, Sister Bev, sitting back there with Brother John. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. God is good. Amen. Praise God. In Christ alone, my hope is found. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Turn through the tears, this drought and storm. What heights of
Hallelujah, hallelujah. My God is awesome, awesome. My God is awesome. your holy name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I lift your name, your holy name. Lord, I lift your name, your holy name.
Jesus. Brother Mike Gray, I'm going to ask you to come and take us to the throne of grace this morning. Just hold your needs before him. feels good to praise him this morning. Amen. Lord, I bend my knee. Oh my. Hallelujah. This morning I was singing the Lord. Awesome. My God is awesome this morning. My, the world is just cheap in that word. Well, that's awesome. But he's awesome. Magnificent. Incomprehensibly awesome. Amen. That's who we serve this morning. We didn't just come into Philip Pew this morning. We came to give all our glory and honor to him today. I just want to bring just a little green brother Thomas with the better the Pruitt family in the church in Louisiana. Just wanted to just convey that you know we would just hold the family up in prayer. It's not, which we say an understatement, not an easy time. But just thinking of, he just said, you know, all the support is there now, and it's as the days go forward, brother Tim and the family is going to need our prayers. And so we just they they feel the prayers they. They just so appreciated. They they can feel the prayers of the people and the bride around the world holding them up and lifting them up. So we'll continue to do so. Amen. This morning, if you have a need, I don't have any requests, but I know we have many needs. We won't let them fall. We heard on Wednesday on promises, a certain God that can certainly hold His promise. Upgraded, upgraded promise. Amen. And we have Brother Milko, Brother Henry. We have different ones. We will not let those promises. Those will not come back void. Amen. Let's bow our head in prayer. You lift your hands up before the Lord. Hold a need in your heart. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a joy it is this morning that we can come to a place of worship, Lord. Lord, we can gather our licks of fire together today. and We can join our voices in praise and adoration. As we're just speaking, Lord, we serve an awesome God. Lord, we serve a God that fills all time and space. Lord, our human mind cannot even comprehend how great thou art. We can sing a song. and Lord, if all the stocks on earth, Lord, were, were pens, Lord. And Lord, all the ink and all the ocean was ink. And the skies were parchment, Lord. Oh, it could not. Scribes could not write. The depths and the, the, the extent that the love of God is, Lord. That's the God we serve tonight. Lord, the love of God, how rich and pure, how marvelous and how strong. It can reach to the lowest sinner, oh God. Lord, it can save, as we heard Brother Murphy speak, Lord, at last service. Lord, we have a God that can save, but we have a God that can keep. Lord, you don't save someone to lose them. You save them to keep them so that they're trophies of a living God. That's the awesome God we serve this morning. And so your people, we come raising our hands. We come lifting our voices and saying, Lord, one more time. Would you come this morning? Take brother Tim and Lord. Take him in the palm of your hand. Lord, we're coming with great expectation. Whether we're in this building or whether we're sitting in front of a screen or we're streaming, we're expecting, Lord, the presence of Almighty God to be standing amongst us, Lord. Would you come one more time? The people have needs on their hearts. Lord, they have burdens. Lord, they have great pains. Lord, they have needs of peace and they have needs of comfort. Lord, maybe they're needing a job. Maybe they're needing something financially. You are the great provider. You are that Jehovah Jireh we heard about, Lord, last week. Lord, that you provided a sacrifice for Abraham. Lord, provide this morning for your people one more time. Lord, we're lifting Brother Tim, Pruitt and family are up in prayer. Even now, Lord, having a memorial service. Lord, we would just, Lord, that our prayers would reach into heaven. We could lift their names up before you. Brother Tim, Lord, Brother Timothy and family, that, Lord, you'd comfort them. Lord, the loss is great. 
But we have a great God that can come down and fill the void. Lord, when Brother Tim goes home and Lord Sister Karen's not there, you'll be near him, Lord. When, Lord, he's maybe on a trip and Sister Karen's not there, you'll be near him, Lord. Lord, in a special way. Lord, that he would sense and know that you are with him, Lord, each step of the way. We don't know, Lord, what lies ahead, but you, Lord, know tomorrow. And in that, we have our comfort. Lord, we remember Brother Milko. We remember, Lord, Brother Henry. Lord, we remember our people in need, O God. Our sister Bev, Lord. Lord, ones that continually, they need your healing power. We've heard testimony after testimony. So we know you're a healing God. So, Lord, we hold on to the promise that we know is true. And amen this morning. In Jesus Christ's name, raise them up for your glory, we pray. Lord, we would be amiss to not pray for our camp. We'd be amiss, Lord, not to pray for Brother Lawson as he would come to minister to us, Lord. Lord, may it be, Lord, a time, a unique time, Lord. May it be a different time, Lord, that your presence would be so felt, so near. Lord, it would meet individual needs. You know, Lord, what our needs are. And so, Lord, would you come and... Lord, would you prepare Brother Lawson, Lord, even now, as he, Lord, is even at the funeral. Lord, looking ahead to this week. Lord, many here that can't make it, but may they come, Lord, if they're coming to this, into this sanctuary, or whether in the tent. Lord, may the expectation still be great. And Lord, you would meet the very needier people. Location doesn't matter, God, because you can be anywhere. You can be where the need is, Lord, for that one that you person. So be here, be at the tent, be wherever, Lord, your people are pulling on your word we pray we commit this service into your hands today take your servant in the palm of your hand lord and use him for your glory in jesus christ's name we pray amen amen you may have your seats this morning we don't just open in prayer just out of tradition we open in prayer because we want god to move and we invite him to speak to us this morning amen Amen. I just wanted just a couple little announcements as we before we start the service and turn it to a couple specials and the brother Tim. But just to go over the camp service schedule for you and and we had mentioned also about having a little gathering through the weekend. So I'm just going to give you some of those details as well. So no Wednesday service this week. The camp will be starting through this week. So just don't if you come to service on Wednesday, you will be alone or with someone else that might come. But uh, and you can have your own little service, but um, there'll be nobody here. So no, no service this Wednesday, and then we'll go into the camp services, which will be Thursday night, and Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. All right, so there's that's a very normal camp schedule. It's the evening services from Thursday to Saturday, and then the morning services for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning services. So the schedule will be on the website. Um, we will be... If we start a tad earlier, if we usually start at 7, but uh, don't, if you start at 7, you log on at 7.10 or something like that, and you're a little late, and you're like, whoa, we're already deep in the service. Well, it's because maybe we just started a tad early. So, um, you know, just uh, maybe 6.45 or something like that. So don't be uh, alarmed. So, but and that's the normal time. We'll be shooting for 7 o'clock evening services, and then 10 o'clock for Friday and Saturday is the morning service time, and 10.30 for Sunday morning, normal Sunday, Sunday morning service time, all right? And the following Wednesday after camp, so not this Wednesday, but next, there's, we usually don't have a service there, so that'll be no, uh, as of right now, there's no Wednesday service. I say as of right now, (laughs) 
because but Lawson is maybe coming across the border and there was word saying well if he's coming across the border why couldn't he preach a service up here <laughs> but I'm saying nothing <laughs> nobody heard that <laughs> Lord willing there's no service the following Wednesday so that's the current schedule all right so but for the Saturday and Sunday as we uh, had mentioned um, just a little a gathering for the, everyone that's here and being able to just spend some time together be, uh, between the services on Saturday. Uh, at, uh, at Brother Sam and Sister Rebecca's place, we'll be having just a welcome to come and fellowship. Uh, and we'll post the, uh, the address there uh, at, the, at the back on the Bolton board. And uh, if you don't know it, you can ask Brother Sam as well, Sister Rebecca. And, and so that'll be at their home after the Saturday morning service and after you've eaten lunch, then feel free to come over to uh, Butter Sam and Sister Rebecca's place, and we'll just have a time together, and, and uh, the young people can be together. We'll have just uh, some activities, maybe some volleyball, et cetera. And, uh, and, even, and dinner, we'll have just a relaxed, casual dinner there. So we'll have uh, just a, you know, pizza, pop, and chips kind of thing, dinner uh, for the evening there. And then we'll come here for service. We'll have service um, at the, in the evening service. So that's on the Saturday, just a little bit of a short window. I know it's tight when you're at camp, it flows, but when you're having to drive back and forth, it's, it'll be a little tight. But uh, we just wanted an opportunity for everyone to get together and spend some time and fellowship and strengthen each other. And so that'll be Saturday. So again, after the morning service, have a little bite to eat, and then we'll have, we'll have dinner or late, late lunch uh, provided probably around 4.30, and then we'll go to service in the evening time here at the church. On Sunday... We're gonna have, we're just gonna have another opportunity, same place, different time. Um, and, but that is picnic. So that's bring your own lunch. After the service, you can get ready and whichever. And then if you have a little picnic, you bring and prepare your lunch. Uh, again, we'll be gathering there as well at Butter Sam's and that's gonna then open ended because there's no evening service. And so then you can just gather and have a, have an enjoyable time together. And uh, that's important. It's important to get together and strengthen the body. You can fellowship and you can testify. This is what the Lord's doing for me. And maybe there's a struggle that I'm going through. And that person you're talking to can minister to that. That's vital for a strong body. Some like, well, I don't know. No, you go. You, you uphold the body together. You strengthen the family. That's what we are. We're a family. So that's what these opportunities are is we can get together and we can fellowship on what the Lord's doing for each of us. Amen. So that's Saturday and Sunday. If you have any questions about that, just grab me after service if i've missed anything and uh, we'll be sure to put the details again of the of the place and the address on the board there i think that is everything god bless you let's pull on the word this morning amen god bless you thank you brother mike like you said we've got a couple of specials this morning so if the sister zoe and her family and sister victoria would Get ready to sing. That would be really good. And uh, we'll have Sister Natasha come up right after and, and sing as well. Um, while they're coming, maybe we can just sing uh, many things about tomorrow. I don't know who holds tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. Amen. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't work 
faithful and true as sister Natasha would come my redeemer is faithful and true every day he has said 
Before he comes, I'd like to sing Shout to the Lord, my Jesus, my Savior. Before he comes, I just got to make a special announcement. This is the first service that Brother Orrin and Sister Amberly Hildebrandt are with us. Praise God. We're happy to have you with us this morning. Tim, why don't you come? Mm, my Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is he your Jesus this morning? He's your Savior. Amen. You can have your seats just for a moment. If you don't mind, I just... I don't want to break the atmosphere, but I, there's been such a, a step forward in the message that I just want to let you know about if you'd put that website up for me. Um, maybe you could, I don't know if you can increase that size at all, but uh, uh, we have, just want to announce that we have moved the message hub, we, we've had the message hub mobile on Android, we've, have it, we've had it on uh, iOS, now it's available for Windows devices. That means it's available for your laptop, and it's available in 34 languages. And we praise God for that. This has been the hard work of a brother in Tucson, Arizona, by the name of Andrew Schuler, and under the sponsorship of his church there, Love Divine Fellowship. Uh, brother Baker, I believe, is the pastor. And uh, he's labored, really, as we have labored here, the local brothers, Brother Darren, and those that have worked with him, Brother Andrew, Brother John, uh, working on uh, the iOS and the Android version. And he's been uh, faithfully laboring, and I've been asked from time to time, when are we going to get it for the desktop? Well, it's now available. Amen. And we thank God for these brothers and thank God for their labors. Amen. Now, if you have, if you're looking for an English language app, you already have many of them to choose from. But now, whether someone could speak, we just released Afrikaans. Uh, Brother Kobus will be streaming, I think, this morning, and we just released Afrikaans on the on the mobile apps. Afrikaans is available now for this window, Windows app, and and whether it's Afrikaans, Latvian, we just released it. It it, it covers everything from Afrikaans to Polish to Spanish to Vietnamese and Chinese and all of these languages. And so this will be a huge, huge blessing. To the bride of Jesus Christ around the world. And we thank God for all of the labors that have gone into that. Amen. So I just wanted to make you aware of that. The announcement, if you want to download it, you can look on our website, BibleWay.org, which if you're streaming, that's where you are now. And uh, you can uh, click the link and download it from their website and uh, get it for yourself on your computer. Amen. Let's stand together. Uh, I don't want to disrupt the atmosphere, the wonderful atmosphere that's here this morning. But let's go back to that song, if you would. My Jesus, my Savior. Let's sing it one more time. But let's get shut in with God. We're going to go to prayer in a few minutes. Just for the word. Why do we pray before we read the word? It's not just a tradition. I was thinking of the Catholic Church. I was thinking of the Catholic Church this morning, Brother Michael. They have their mass and uh, they have their wafer and their wine and they say their ritual and they believe that that wafer turns into the literal body of Jesus Christ and they believe that the wine turns into the literal blood of Jesus Christ, but it doesn't. 
doesn't matter what ritual you have, we don't have the literal blood of Jesus Christ here. The literal blood of Christ was shed 2,000 years ago. But as we approach the Word of God, and I want to emphasize this this morning, this is a very sacred time. We're approaching Him because anybody can take the Bible and read the Bible. The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And as we approach Him, and as we sing this song, and then we approach Him in prayer, we want Him to take these letters and make it a living word. The really literal body of Jesus Christ that comes to His children through the spoken word because we are the spoken word bride of Jesus Christ. And we have been spoken into existence by anointed prophets and sages of old who penned these words. But it's got to be just as real this morning. So if we just come together to just read a scripture and just say a few things, this service will be in vain. Are you with me? But if we come into his presence this morning and say, Lord, make it live in me. You're my Jesus. You're my Savior. There's no one in all the earth can do what you do. So if you've got a need this morning, why don't you just shut yourself in with him and say, Lord, I'm here. We're remembering the Pruitt family this morning. It's already been mentioned. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be ministering today. I came back from a little holiday that I had with my family. And I said to my wife Wednesday morning or Thursday morning, I said, I think I won't be ministering for a while. It was just a statement, not a promise. And Thursday afternoon, Brother Tom says, can you take Sunday? And uh, I said, I said, yeah, I could. And I said, I said, the Lord put something on my heart two o'clock one morning while I was by the lake. He knows what he's doing. I wasn't expecting to be here this morning, but God knew who would be preaching. God knew you would be here. And we want to be very sensitive and say, Lord, we want this to be alive. If you've got a need this morning, why don't you hold that before him? If you've got a desire, if you've got something that you need God to come by your way this morning, he's the living word. And he'll come by the way of whomever is sincere as we sing this and then go to prayer. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none. Yes, Lord, all of my days, I want to pray of your Man. 
Oh, Heavenly Father, nothing compares to the promises. So many great and precious promises that you have loosed to us through the spending, the giving, the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a promise in your word for everything that everyone has need of this morning, Lord. Lord, may you just come down in a mighty way. And may you pour out faith upon the hearer of your word. For you said faith comes by hearing your word. And faith will appropriate the promise. Faith will make the promise come to life. Faith has muscles in it. Faith has strength. Faith is a sixth sense. It's more than what we can produce, humanly speaking. It's supernatural, oh God. And so, Lord, as we come to you this morning, you see everybody that's gathered under the sound of your word this morning. I pray, Father, that you take every spirit under your control, even mine, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you'll minister your word, that it will strike the hearer, discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. I pray, Lord, that it will take us up into heaven places. I pray, Lord, it'll cause us to forget about earthly hindrances, that it'll cause us to forget about earthly restraints, about natural things, even about the time element. And may it just bring us into a supernatural fellowship with you, O God, till you'll move supernaturally, our minds being in one mind, in one accord, that you might have the complete liberty to fulfill your word in this service as you have foreseen that you want to. To do. We give ourselves to you, Father. We ask now your anointing upon the word as we read it and speak of it. May you be glorified in all of it, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Thank you to the musicians and each and every one contributing to every part of the service. It's not a complete service with just one person. Every person that's here is important. Every person that's online is important. And so we uh, appreciate each and every one of you. God knew we would be together this morning, whether here or on the internet, streaming, whatever it might be, whatever constraints it, it is because people can't be here. God knew you would be here. God knew you would be watching. God knew what your need would be. I'm glad we have a living God that knows everything that we have need of. Amen. First Timothy chapter six. We'll begin at verse one. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them despise them because, let them not despise them, I'm sorry, because they are brethren, but rather do them service because there are faithful, they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit these things teach and exhort. And I didn't read that because we're going into masters and servants, but I read it for the next part to get the context. It says, if any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing. That describes most of the world. But doting about with 
questions and strifes of words whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmising, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into the into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called. Now notice when he says this, lay hold on eternal life. He's speaking to those with eternal life. But he's saying lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may have your seats. I'd just like to take a simple title this morning, Content with Eternal Life. Content with Eternal Life. There are times in the Bible when eternal life stepped out into this mortal realm. We could look back throughout history, we could look back at Abraham... In Genesis chapter 18 on the plains of Mamre, as the Bible says, Abraham was sitting in the tent door, looking out over the plains. He didn't, uh, it didn't maybe start, the day didn't start unlike any other day. It was perhaps hot, muggy, and uh, not a lot of motivation to get up and do something. Someone Abraham's age, 99 years old, and... Uh, you know, he's perhaps pondering the things of life as he wakes up after a night's sleep and he's, he's sitting there in the heat of the day. And in the distance, he spots three specks. And they're uh, three persons that are walking out to where his encampment is, his home is, out in the, in the desert there, out in the, the back area of the country, as we would say. And, and, and as he sees them begin to draw closer, something draws him strangely to these three people that begin to move closer and closer. And the Bible says that Abraham goes to meet them. And as he draws near, he becomes recognition. These are not your average people. These are three supernatural beings. This is a supernatural experience that Abraham's about to have or is in the midst of having. I hope that we can recognize this morning the potentials of this service. That we can see that 
beyond just, well, so-and-so is here and this one is here and that one is here. I'll tell you what, there's supernatural beings here. May God focus our attention down and away from each other. And focus our thoughts upon Him as He comes down into the midst of His people and has come down into the midst of His people to minister to us. Because now He's come to minister to Abraham. He's come to give a specific uh, uh, experience. And I'll come back to this at the end of the service. But, but as these three men draw near, I want to say it this way. Eternity is drawing near to Abraham. Eternity is drawing near. He's a hundred years old. He's lived a space of time, but eternity is drawing near now. We could go to Moses on the, on, on the mountain as Israel came through the wilderness and, you know, they had experienced the coming through the Red Sea, the supernatural act of the parting of the waters, the destruction of the Egyptian army. Before that, they had seen the ten plagues fall. There isn't anybody that has seen more miracles than those two million people saw. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and they every one of them perished. Why? Because they didn't recognize that it was another dimension. It was eternity that was drawing near to them. And as they came to the mountain to meet with God, even when Moses went up on the mountain and the mountain shook and the book of Paul records it in the book of Hebrews till even Moses says, I exceedingly fear. And he, and he, they, even God himself shaking the mountain, the people were scared. They said, nobody can survive that. And even at that time when God was so close, or I'll say it this way, when eternity was so close, they turned aside and began to worship a golden calf. They turned aside and began to revel in licentious behavior. They began to party. And they begin to become drunken and they begin to do all kinds of acts that it ought not to ever be done. But eternity was drawing near. It was a powerful experience. If they had stopped and been sensitive to what's happening in their day. We can look at uh, the road to Emmaus. There's two disciples after the tumultuous and eventful events of that hour of Jesus being crucified, the, the three days later, the grave being empty, and the, all of these things that they heard, and they begin to walk on the road to Emmaus, and they begin to discuss between themselves. You know, something about believers, they love to discuss modern events. Isn't that true? Come on. And that Joe, well, I heard this was happening, I heard that's happening, and I heard this took place, and, and brother so-and-so, he preached on this, and brother so-and-so preached on that, and you know, all of these things take place, and this happened, and I heard somebody's going through this, and somebody's going through that, but while they're discussing the events of the hour, eternity drew near. And as they talked about Jesus, he himself drew near, the scripture says, and began to minister them until their hearts burned within them. They couldn't recognize the eternal aspect of that experience, but it was very, very real. They were just right there. You know, if I could just drop this in at this point and just say, I believe eternity is drawing near. But if you can receive it as a believer, you're already in an eternal place. 
But yet you have a flesh that always tries to pull you away from that eternal place. Obligations of the flesh and those sorts of things. And so uh, eternal life and eternity to these men of experience and to us is not just living forever. It's the literal presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God himself that draws near to the believer. It's God himself that takes up residence within the life of the believer. It's a supernatural connection that takes us and plants us with an anchor beyond the veil. Until we we have an anchor beyond the veil. Something we can never get away from. Something that can never separate. That's why if somebody can walk away from the word of God. Listen, I, I don't even like to say walk away from the message. Because the message is the word of God for our day. But if somebody can walk away from the word of God. They might become religious. They might become all kinds of ideas of what they think God is. Listen, I've traveled all over the world. I've visited the Rastafarians. I've visited the Jains. I've visited the Hindus. I've visited the Sikhs. I've visited different ones and all of their different religious standing. They all have ideas about what God is about. They all have ideas about what religion is. They all have ideas about what they think. You know, God is someone somewhere out there and how do we get there? But that's not what we're talking about. When you're anchored beyond the veil, when your soul is anchored in the glory of God, you are there. You're not going there, you're anchored there. Your life has been established there. There's something that keeps you there. And you can't get away from it. That's why you can't walk away from the Word of God. How can somebody walk away? If you're anchored there, you're anchored. You're not strong enough to pull the anchor out. The devil's not strong enough to pull the anchor out. Talk about the Pruitts this morning and what they're going through. I know a little bit about it. Brother Branham, when he lost his wife and he walked out of the hospital and his wife had died and his daughter had just passed away and, and he, his mind, he was losing his mind. You know, talk about depression. Talk about there's things that strike believers that can cause you actually to go squirrely in your mind. And for a season, God will allow that till even the devil came to him and said to him, you know, he doesn't love you. He Now, Brother Brown says he couldn't tell me he wasn't real because I knew he was real. That's for that's for the world that the devil tells them there's no God. But you can't tell a son of God he's not real because we know he's real. We have experienced him. How many have experienced him? We have seen his supernatural hand upon our lives. And in all of those things, we know he's real. But here's Brother Branham who knew how real God was, saw vision, saw supernatural, saw the dead race, saw all these things. But yet God wouldn't answer his prayer for his wife, wouldn't answer his prayer for his daughter. And then he's going down the road and the de- he says, then the devil came to me. He says, he doesn't love you. All the sick that you prayed for, you sacrificed your life for him. You laid everything down to serve him. All of those things. He says, and he won't even answer your prayer. And Brother Brown says, everything he said was the truth. He says, and I was about to say, this is the mental faculty now. This is where the mind can play tricks on you. 
I was about to say, if that's the way he's going to be, I'm not going to serve him. He says, but there was something on the inside of the inside. Hallelujah. It's an anchor. It's not an emotion. It's an anchor. It's not a feeling. It's an anchor. It's an absolute. It's an eternal place. And you cannot break eternity. Amen. When that inside of the inside is eternal and you're anchored in Jesus Christ, nothing can change it. The Bible says you're sealed to the day of your redemption. Nothing can take it away from you. You'll always be there. Doesn't matter what happens to your flesh. Doesn't matter what happens to your spirit. You are anchored in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And these men I talked about, Abraham and Moses and the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they didn't have what you have. They didn't have that anchor. They had a predestination, but they didn't have the new birth. Are you with me? See, but on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came down, because the blood that was shed at Calvary bridged the gulf between God and man. That now a man who could not go across that gulf into the presence of God. Now that gulf had been bridged by the blood of Jesus Christ. And God and man could become one again. And by the new birth they could receive the very eternal presence of God ever to be in his life. From that moment forward on into eternity. I mean we could go back into the history of it. Say we're, we're written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. That's our representation. That's our predestination. That's the foreknowledge of God. It's all laying there. But one day it comes to you. That's what I'm talking about. It comes to you. And you then are a holder of eternity. Are you with me so far this morning? It connects us to a land that is beyond this realm. Not very far away. It's the place that Paul says, he says, eternal life. He says, you've got it. Now lay hold on it. This is my subject today. You've got it. Now lay hold on it. You might have something you don't even know what you've got. That's why the, that's why we preach. That's why God sent His Word. God didn't have to send His Word. He could have just come by your way and quickened you and left you alone and said, I'll see you later. I'll meet you at the marriage supper. You'll be there. Don't worry. You're sealed to the day of your redemption. But that's not what life is about. You've been anchored to eternal life. You've, you've held, you're holding eternal life. Now lay hold on it. Lay hold on everything that is within you. Lay hold on all of it because the word of God comes to wash you. To wash you from the things of the world. To wash you from your own ideas. To wash you from mortality. 
to wash you from mortal ideas, to wash you from carnal ideas, to take away your own reasoning, to take away your own understanding, to take away your own thoughts of how life is about. Because you're not just a creature that's destined to be in sin. You're a predestinated son and a daughter of God, predestinated to express the fullness of Jesus Christ in the hour that we are living in. You're there. Lay hold on it. You have it. Lay hold on it. I'll say, you have it. Lay siege to it. I want to know everything that I've got. I want to possess every potential that this is. We got the Olympics going on right now. This isn't in my notes, but it comes back to my mind. I don't know if it's still going on. It's been going on the last couple of weeks. You see news reports. Canada wins a gold medal and all of Canada rejoices like it's a miracle. You know. And I was talking to somebody and, and uh, I said, I don't really like the Olympics. I don't like watching the Olympics. I don't like actually very much about the Olympics. Because it's too much about human perfection. It's about being perfect. You gotta run the perfect race. You gotta run the perfect routine. You gotta, you gotta have the, the perfect vault or the perfect this or the perfect that and everything's gotta be perfect. Everything's going for, I don't know if it's a perfect 10 score or something in the, in whatever routine that they're doing. And I said, you know what? That, that doesn't impress me. That's human perfection. I says, but what God does is he takes our imperfections and he lives his perfection through our imperfections. God's story is not about a perfect people. Sorry if I hurt your feelings. God's story is not about a perfect people. God's story is about a people that are imperfect. God has chosen the weak things of the world. God has chosen the despised things of the, of the world. He's chosen the things that the world thinks is nothing. Why? To glorify himself that no flesh would glory in his presence. Hallelujah. I'm so glad for that. As I've said many times lately, I'm glad he uses my peculiarities. Can you say amen to that? How many of you don't have any peculiarities? Amen. I'm just looking for a hand somewhere so I can pick on them. (laughs) We all got them, don't we? We all got those peculiarities. Amen. Peculiarities, Brother Richard, I was thinking about the, the memorial service on Friday and we were there just to be a support to the Drake family. Uh, Sister Eleanor, God bless you. And, uh, you know, I was, I was watching the slideshow and it made me determined I got to make the rapture because I realize you don't get to pick your own pictures. <laughs> yeah. I thought, Lord, help me make the rapture. I don't want a memorial service. I got some pretty incriminating pictures out there. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Peculiarities. We all have them. Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 4. And this is 
really where this thought came to me. He says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, this is verse 11, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Yeah, you can put that up on the screen. That's great. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Now, Paul's not talking here about uh I have had an experience of having nothing, and I have experience of having much. That's not what he's talking about, all right? But he says, I know how to be a base, and I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, people often take that scripture that I just read out of context and says, well, I can do anything through Christ. Which That's not what Paul says. He says, because of Christ, which strengthens me, it doesn't matter where, whether I am abased or whether I am abound. That has nothing to do with my life. And it has nothing to do with my contentment. This is where I'm going to go for a little bit here. As Paul takes actually several places in the Bible and he begins to describe this place. And I'll say it this way. This place only belongs to eternal creatures. You cannot be content without eternal life. The Bible describes that in the book of Job. It talks about a constant desiring, a constant needing, a constant wanting. Why is that? Because as long as you don't have eternal life, there's a constant need. There's a constant desire to have more. The world that we're living in where people have forsaken God, they want more. They got to have a better this or a better that. A nicer car or a nicer house or a better set of clothes or whatever it might be. And the devil just works on that and works on that. And they can never find the place of contentment. But that's what Paul is saying here in Philippians 4. He says, listen, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can be in this condition of great abounding. And there, and there's a, a pressure that comes with abounding. To him that has much, there's much worry. You know, as I've said many times over in third world countries, they never have to worry about the car which they'll never own. They never have to worry about what kind of computer they'll never have. There's, there's a lot of worry that's eliminated out of their lives that's in our lives. They never have to worry about the bank they'll never have any money in. You say, is that true? That's where it is in those countries. They live day to day. That's why the COVID shutdown is very hard on them. Because most of them work for the day Get a dollar or whatever it is, take that money, go and buy some food, and feed their family. That's what's the way most of the believers live, even in those countries. So Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. So we read in 1 Timothy 6, he says, This world, men of corrupt minds, they suppose that gain is godliness. He says, but withdraw yourself from that. From such withdraw yourselves, for godliness with contentment is great gain. This pertains to our earthly experience. We have, we have life, natural life. 
Everybody here is natural life. I imagine you'll all probably eat a meal today. Brother Boris? Is that it? Who am I seeing here? From Manitoba? Patrick. Patrick. Oh, from the north. Ah, so you look like Brother Boris from Manitoba. I knew. I know this man. God bless you, Brother Patrick. Good to see you. Nice to see your girls. Amen. And uh, I thought, I've seen this man before, and I'm just trying to keep looking over, trying to place him. Amen. Excuse me for the interruption. But you know, we have life on this earth. We have family. We have jobs. That's natural life. We have careers. We have education. We have hobbies. We have recreations. These are all natural life. Don't worry, I'm not saying these things are bad. All right, These are all things that we all experience in one level or another. And many things that we, many things we enjoy in life, but in whatever we have, we are content, not because of those things, but because we have eternal life. The contentment in our family comes from eternal life. The contentment in our job, a job is just a job, but a contentment in our job comes from knowing that we're serving Him. The contentment in our career is not the advancement and the elevation in this world, but it's in knowing that I'm in the center of God's will for my life. The contentment that we can get out of education is because we have eternal life. The contentment that there is in hobbies, even in recreations, whether whether you like to take a vacation and go to this place. Some people like the water, some people like the mountains, some people like the prairies. Everybody likes their own form of, uh, of recreation, and that's all fine. But there's no satisfaction there if there's no eternal life. I'll just say it point blank blunt. You can go to every sport. You can have tickets to every game. You can go to every team. You can have your favorite team. There's no satisfaction in those things. The only satisfaction is Jesus Christ. He alone is our satisfying portion. And that's what Paul is saying. He says it doesn't matter whether I abound. doesn't matter whether I'm abased. If I got much, that's great. If I got nothing, that doesn't matter either. Because my contentment is not in those things. I can do all things. I can be in any condition because of Christ who strengthens me. Amen. It's a place of godliness and contentment. Uh, I was reading like... Preachers are prone to do reading in dictionaries about these words. And it says it's an inward self-sufficiency as opposed to the lack or desire of outward things. Doesn't matter whether you lack or desire in the outward, the inside is always satisfied. Amen. You with me so far? All right, so let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you have your Bibles there. We just continue in this channel a little bit. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure... Through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, 
lest I should be exalted above measure. The messenger to the first church age, the example ministry, the servant of God, the prophet to the Gentiles, the one that separated law from grace, all of these things, this great man with great faith who saw the dead raised, who saw the sick healed, whom they took aprons from his body, handkerchiefs as it were from his body, laid it on the sick, till people laid in his shadow as he walked by, till people were all kinds of, had all kinds of experiences of supernatural because of this ministry. He said, there was sent a messenger in the flesh to buffet me, lest I should be exalted by the abundance of revelation. And you know what? I find myself content in this situation, he says. Let's just read a little bit further. He says, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Paul, you're going to deal with this the rest of your life. It's a scar in your flesh that you might not like. And you might want to, as we all do, we want a perfect flesh. Come on. Be honest. We want to be perfectly healthy every day. We want to be strong. We want to have, if it's guys, we want to have muscles. (laughs) Sisters, we want to have, you want to have good looks. All of those kind of things. You want to have a perfect hair day every day. Right? We all have those things that we desire. And God is saying to Paul, Paul, I'm going to make you imperfect for the rest of your life. But you know what? You're going to be satisfied. Hallelujah. Lord, let me wallow in my imperfections, but let me be satisfied. Are you with me? Lord, it doesn't matter all the things that are trouble me. As long as I'm satisfied in Jesus Christ. Is he your satisfying portion this morning? Is he the one that makes you satisfied? Oh, people might think, oh, you know what? I I got mental issues, Brother Tim. I got things that trouble my mind. I got things that I go through and all of those kind of things. I'll tell you what. Just let your thoughts be turned to Jesus Christ. Let him be your satisfying portion. You'll go through things in life that will leave scars on your inner man. I wrote Brother Tim Pruitt. Anybody that's been through it knows about it. I wrote Brother Tim Pruitt and I said, when I heard the news, it hit a scar in my life. You know what that feels like. You always know what it feels like. You'll never get away from it. But that doesn't make me dissatisfied. My satisfaction is in him. So Paul goes on. He says, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I got one amen on that one. Just one. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Amen. In reproaches. Reproaches. Who are you? 
What makes you think you know anything? Oh, you're just one of those Christians. You're one of those people from Bible way. Oh yeah, we know. I take pleasure in reproaches, Paul says. I take pleasure in necessities. All the sisters said. I need this and I need that. And, you know, sometimes we have lots of needs. And I'm not saying they're not legitimate. But Paul says, I'll take pleasure in that. Oh, this is not getting a very good response this morning. There used to be a camera. Oh, there's a camera back here, right here. Okay, I'll preach to that camera in a minute here. I take pleasure in necessities, in persecutions. When the pressure comes on, that we know the devil is designing to shut down the churches. I take pleasure in persecutions. I take pleasure in the devil's devices. Devil, you can't take this satisfaction out of my life. Because he's my satisfying portion. Amen. Even in distresses, Paul says, I take pleasure. There are times when I don't know which way is up and which way is down. I don't know how things are going to work out. It looks like my entire life is falling apart. We're talking distresses here. And Paul says, I'll take pleasure in distresses. Isn't this wonderful? Everything's falling apart. Isn't this great? Oh, this is marvelous. Everybody's scattering and everybody's pillar to post. But I know one thing, God won't lose one. Oh my, it looks like my children are not wanting to serve God and, and oh, they got their ideas. I don't know how the devil got that in them, but I'll tell you what, it's a great thing. Cause God's not gonna lose one. I'm gonna come back to this. Oh my, we're just trusting the Lord. Oh, brother Tim, aren't you upset that one of your children isn't serving God? Upset? What's there to be upset about? Oh, that quieted everybody down, didn't it? Because I believe God is in control of all circumstances. I believe every one of those predestinated seed will come to their place. It has nothing to do with circumstances. It has nothing to do with distresses. It has nothing to do with reproaches or persecutions or necessities or any of those things. He is my satisfying portion. Hallelujah. One of these days I'm going to dance up here. Praise the Lord. Amen. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. God, speaking to Paul, he says, my grace is sufficient. It's sufficient. It's, in other words, it's everything you have need of. Everything you have need of is my grace. Don't go no further. My grace is enough for you. And that alone is sufficient to walk in this world. It's the same word that Jesus uses, having food and raiment, or Paul uses it, rather having food and raiment, therewith be content. Jesus uses a similar word when he says, uh, take no thought for tomorrow, for sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. All right. So Hebrews, he says, let your conversation, Hebrews 13 and verse 5 says, let your conversation be without covetousness. I gotta stop, I gotta pause on that because we can just gloss over it. Let your conversation, let your words be without I want or I need. He shall supply all my needs. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. 
Amen. So let your conversation be without covetousness, it says, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. All right. Now he's not admonishing us because you're a Christian, be satisfied with whatever state you find yourself in. But he's just saying, listen, whatever state you find yourself in, you're there because Jesus wants you there. See, I'm talking about that eternal place. You're there because he wants you there. He says, he has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Hallelujah. He has promised that. That's what he said to Paul. So he says, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Amen. He is our helper. See, the devil wants to distract us from this place that we find ourselves in as born-again sons and daughters of God and show us things that have nothing to do with that place. He wants to show you and entice you. That's what he did to Eve. There was Eve walking in perfect love, perfect faith, perfect uh, uh, perfect perfection there in the Garden of Eden. And the devil gets into the serpent and comes along to Eve and says, You know what? There's something else you would really like. It had nothing to do with where she was living. But he had to sell it to her. He had to advertise it to her. He had to make it seem like the latest, the greatest, the most up-to-date, the very thing that will make you satisfied or content. That's what he had to sell to Eve. And the devil hasn't changed his tactics. He still does the same thing today. Sons and daughters of God the same way. John says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, he says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world. For all that is in the world. Are you listening? All right, I got a few left here. Are you listening? For all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. You can find it on the internet. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not there. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. The pride of life is not of the Father. But is of the world. And the world passes away. I love this next statement. And the lust thereof. Hallelujah. One day it will all be burned. And it won't be long. One day it will all be gone. Don't be. Jesus said remember Lot's wife. When Sodom was burned. What did she do? My new clothes. My friends, my, my, my kitchen that I just had redone, all of these things, oh my, that's all up in smoke. She turned to a pillar. She, she died right there, became a pillar of salt. The angels told her, don't look back. I'm telling you this morning, don't look back. Everything of this world, it's going to burn. All the lust of this world, it's going to burn. Hallelujah. Don't get excited about the things of this world because it's going to burn. It is not our satisfying portion. Hallelujah. It's just going to all pass away. The world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. 
See, the things of this world are only really attractive if you're not satisfied. I'll let that sink into all of us Laodiceans. We're here in Laodicea. Oh, the devil's good at advertising, isn't he? You need it. You need the latest tractor. You need the latest gadget. Sometimes you got to just say it where people live, you know. Might not, tractor wouldn't mean anything to me or you. But it might mean something to somebody. My son wants to know why I don't get a ride on mower for my small, tiny postage stamp sized lawn so that he can ride it. But we all have these things. And they, but they can only be really attractive to us if we're not satisfied. I believe God provides our needs. I believe God gives His children nice things. Brother Branham said that. I believe God cares about you and God wants you to have nice things. But He doesn't want you to have them because you want them in this world. He wants to be and is our satisfying portion. So Brother Adam says, you know, we can even take it to a little more, a little lower level. And he says, you know, smoking cigarettes is not a sin. Drinking whiskey is not a sin. Committing adultery is not a sin. That's attributes of sin. He that believeth not is condemned already. Unbelief is sin. Is that right? He says, you do those things because you don't believe. In other words, you do those things because you don't have the satisfying portion. If you had satisfaction, you wouldn't need those things. Somebody say, well, Brother Tim, I can't quit smoking or I can't stop drinking or, or lusting or something. I'll tell you why. You just get the satisfying portion. You just get an eternal place with Jesus Christ and the desire of those things have to leave. Amen. It's not try and quit those things. It's get him. He's a satisfaction. He's an eternal satisfaction that overrides everything of the world. And quite frankly, if you don't have him, you won't be able to withstand the things of the world. You just won't be able to. But get the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness, not religion. Godliness. Amen. Godliness, to be like Him. To walk like Him. Godliness, Brother Brown says, is means to be like God. First, Second Peter 1 says, According as His divine power has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue. And then he says, take unto these. We're given exceeding great and precious promises. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You've been made partakers of the divine nature. He's poured his eternal life into you. The scripture is written to believers. If you're here this morning and you cannot confess, well, I'm a believer, then I'll tell you what, you need to become a believer because the word is for you. Well, how do I become a believer? Repent. 
Repent. Give your life to Christ. Surrender yourself to Him. Say, Lord, deliver me. Lord, save me. He that cries unto the Lord shall be saved. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you. And the promise is to your children. The promise is to them that's afar off. The promise is to everybody. There's a place for you. There's a satisfying portion for you. Amen. There's a part for your life. Oh, the devil doesn't want us to be there, but we're there anyway. Hallelujah. And I'll say this, the satisfying portion is not Cloverdale Bible Way. I love to come here. I love to hear the word preached. I love the services we've had lately. There's been some tremendous services. And they, we could go on back throughout the last, oh, I don't know, two or three decades and say we've had some tremendous services. Amen. Have we had some tremendous services? It's been a great, it's brought us to this place, but we're still in this place. We're in this eternal place. We're linked up with eternity. And we're drawing nearer and nearer to eternity. We're coming into His presence. We're bringing that life into manifestation here. Second Peter 3 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises to usward. His promises, great, exceeding, precious promises to be partakers of the divine nature. He's not slack concerning His promise. I think we heard about that on Wednesday. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. The earth also, the works therein shall be burned up. Seeing then... That all these things shall be dissolved. Listen, in BC, British Columbia right now, we have a lot of forest fires. I just took a trip up into the interior with my family. There was a fire to the north of us. There was a fire to the west of us. There was a fire to the south of us. There was no fire where we were, except the Holy Ghost and fire. And depending on which way the wind was blowing is where the smoke was coming from. We had some nice days. Praise the Lord. We're thankful for that. But yet in the midst of that, we had some smoky days. You could smell the burning. And that's from miles away. What is it going to be like when this whole world catches on fire? You see the local community of Lytton totally burned to the ground. Every town will be totally burned to the ground you understand that vancouver will be burnt to the ground your house will be burnt to the ground you've got the earnest of it brother rickard every house goes down what's it going to be like it's going to be like we're out of here we'll have been gone by then to us it won't mean nothing We won't be sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb saying, Oh, my house burned down today. And I'm not making light of what you've been through, Van Enters. We appreciate the burden of it. But, you know, there's something about it when we get on the other side. We'll be sitting together saying, This is what I have lived for. 
This is what I labored for. This is what I raised my children for. This is what I held myself for. This is what I held on to Him for. Is to be here on this day with these people rejoicing in the presence of God. Hallelujah. That which burned within my soul while I sat in Cloverdale Bible Way. Or while I watched on the internet. And I sat and heard that preacher preach. I said, oh God, just give me a little bit more today. Just draw me a little bit closer today. Just make me more like you today. Just overcome a little more in my life today. What was it? It's the eternal part in my soul that's holding me to eternity. My flesh is pulling me this direction. Doesn't matter whose flesh you got. I know this man's family sitting over here. I know what kind of a family it is. And yet I know this man's family over here. And it's a different kind of a family. And your flesh pulls you a certain direction. And your flesh pulls you in a certain direction. And these people here from China, their flesh pulls them in a certain direction. And all of us have this flesh that's pulling us. But I'll tell you what, all of us have a soul experience that's pulling us in another direction. And the flesh will not overcome it. The flesh will not prevail against it. The flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. But the spirit shall prevail. Hallelujah. One day when we get together on the other side, it won't be a picnic at Brother Sam's house. Looking forward to that, Brother Sam. But it'll be a great gathering all together. The angels will be serving. Amen, sisters. The angels will be serving and they will just have a glorious time rejoicing, saying, oh, this is what I lived for. This is what I desired. This is what I wanted. I couldn't get no satisfaction in my flesh, but now in this new body, there's a satisfaction that's glorious to behold. Hallelujah. Soon the Lamb will take His bride to be ever at His side. All the hosts of heaven will assemble be. It will be a glorious sight. All the saints in spotless white. Amen, Brother Richard. He'll no more hear those words. I have nothing to wear. Amen. Oh, it'll be a glorious sight. All the saints in spotless white. Amen. And with Jesus we shall live eternally. How do you know it, Brother Tim? Because this part's already there. This part won't let go of that part. Hallelujah. This part says, that's mine. This part says, that's more real than this is real. I don't know. I could mention Sister Sally Dodds. I could mention Brother John Drake, whose memorial service we just saw. I could mention Sister Karen Pruitt. They're right now, maybe coming to the conclusion or maybe have concluded already the memorial service there in Louisiana. Brother Tom, as I mentioned, went down to be with them there. I could mention Brother Ernie. Just today we released a podcast. 
called Philippines Missions, the story of Ernie Villanueva. Do you want to hear a little bit about Brother Ernie? Go listen to the podcast. All right, you'll find it on the webpage, about 40 minutes long. Brother Mark Ajo has done a tremendous job in putting these podcasts together. Uh, so we're doing a missions podcast. We're trying to do different parts of the world and at different times. I, thought, I said to Brother Mark, I said, let's do one about Brother Ernie. Let's do one about the Philippines. The work he did for the Lord Jesus Christ. He might not have wanted a memorial service, so it's not a memorial service. Okay, so don't get that in your mind. But you know, you'll hear some things. I loved it. And I, and I, I was a part of it, but I, I just loved to, some of the things that I heard. You'll be blessed. That's all I'll say. You'll be blessed to hear about the footprints on the sands of time that went before us. And all of these people that have already crossed over, what have they done? I'll tell you what. They're saying, he that was my satisfying portion there is more, even more real to me now. Sister Karen Pruitt gone on to her reward. We might have it in our heart, fighting against our flesh, but now they have it in every part of their being. Brother Branham said regarding that place, can I go a little bit further this morning? Regarding that place, he said, it's a place where there's no yesterday, no tomorrow. It's all today. This is the place of eternity. Then if this is the place of eternity there, then this is the place of eternity here. Not in our natural man, but in our soul. Our soul by the new birth has come to a place to where only the believer can understand what that means. There's only today. Only a son of God can understand that the past is the past. See, to an unbeliever, the past is everything. But to a son of God, the past was only a vehicle to get you to today. Because we are eternal creatures. And the Apostle Paul can say even himself, remind us, forgetting the things that are in the past. See, we're called as believers to come to this place. You say, well, uh, this happened in my life or that happened in my life. But as a son or a God, daughter of God, you don't live in yesterday because in eternity there's no yesterday. I'll, I'll get into this a little bit deeper to help you understand this. And in eternity, there's no tomorrow. All right? So it's not, well, I hope one day or someday. No, it's today. Every day that we come to is a fresh today. That's why even Jesus said when you pray, pray, give us this day our daily bread. He says, you don't pray about yesterday. You don't pray about tomorrow. Yeah, you do pray, Lord, forgive us our trespasses. We do that, but we shouldn't even let the sun go down upon those things. And so we have, uh, you know, we have the potentials and the potentials of such a revelation of today seems beyond our ability sometimes to understand why a son or daughter of God can actually let the past be the past because everything that's negative about the past, the blood of Jesus Christ 
wipes it out. The blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient for everything of the past. It conquers. It delivers. It washes. It cleanses. It even takes it into the sea of forgetfulness. God doesn't care who you were or what happened in the past. All He sees you in is eternity. He sees you in today. Say, oh, Brother Tim, I'm not doing very good this morning. All you need to do is repent. Move into today. Let the past be the battle. I'm scared. If I give my life to Christ, I might trip. I might fall. I might do this. Listen, the past is the past. You might have fallen a thousand times. That's the joyous thing about a victorious believer. When he falls, he gets up. He says, Lord, forgive me one more time. I'm serving you. It's not based on my strength. It's not based on how strong I am. We're going into camp. We're going into camp and everybody coming to camp goes, well, I've had a camp experience before. I say, give me a fresh camp experience. I've had ups and I've had downs. That's only in the time realm. And you know what? All of it is in the past. God's not interested in your past. Every sin confessed in the blood is as though it doesn't even exist. Sends it right back onto the head of Satan. But what we're living in is right now. And right now I'm a believer. If you haven't been quickened by the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, let me die out to myself. Let me move into that eternal realm where the potentials are unlimited. Oh, my, don't let the devil trouble you about every injustice, of every offense, of everything. That's why you see the the world today is in upheaval about past offenses. And there's a lot of them. Doesn't matter what color you are. There's some offense to you somewhere. Listen, I'm from, I, uh, part of my lineage is from, uh, what do you call it? Great Britain. Welsh, actually. And in my past, the Vikings pillaged us. We suffered at the hands of the Vikings. I'm not going to go back there. Every Scand- Anybody Scandinavian here? Oh, there you go. There's a few of you. I'm not going to hold that against you. Amen. That your, his- your ancestors beat up on my ancestors. Okay? I'm not going to go there. Because I don't live in the past. I'm a son of God. I say God had a, had a scarlet thread running through history. And in the midst of many offenses, and in the midst of many uh, uh, injustices, and in the, in, the, in the midst of many things, I have come to today, and all that matters, all that matters, all that matters is that I'm a son of God today. Today, right now. Have I made mistakes? Oh, have I made mistakes, but I don't live there. I commit them to God and I live today. What a joyous place for a Christian. Amen. That can look at the past like Paul says, I forget those things. I leave those things. Paul had to deal with the whole of his life, the memory of being there when Stephen was stoned. 
a, a brilliant son of God, full of the Holy Ghost, Stephen, giving up his life as a martyr for the gospel. And Paul was there consenting to his death. In other words, he was egging them on. Get him. This guy deserves to die. And Paul says, I don't even deserve to be called the least amongst all the preachers. But this one thing I do, I forget those mistakes that I've made. God himself has visited me. And I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. Brother Bradham says questions and he answers in Hebrews. Now I'm going to go quite quickly for a little bit. He says kingdoms will rise and fail. But there's nothing. I don't care whether... It's anything. There's nothing present, nothing future, nothing starvations or perils or anything can ever separate us from the love of God that's in Christ. When a man is born of the Spirit of God, he's a creature no longer of time. He's a creature of eternity. He's passed from death unto life. He's passed from the time element into eternity. He can never perish. Amen. Brother Ernie has not perished. Sister Karen has not perished. Brother John has not perished. Amen. Sister Sally has not perished. We could all go on down the list of the saints that have gone before us. They have not perished. They can never perish. And God swore that he'd raise him up in the last days. He goes on and he says, when you're born again, then the light of God shines down into that soul. And Brother Brown says, hallelujah. We all ought to say that. He says, there's, when there's no more a dark valley, but it's a valley with a shadow in it. You may be veiled here with the flesh and with things known by faith, but there's enough light in there. And someday that light and darkness has to separate. All right, we're coming to the final separation. When we get on the other side, there's no more shadows. Amen. All right. Keep going. You must be born again. But if you're born again, you're alive with Christ. Your affections is on things above, not on the things of the world. I'm reading from paragraph 114 of You Must Be Born Again. If you want to read some good quotes, go to the message You Must Be Born Again from about paragraph 100 to about paragraph 120. All right, Just some tremendous statements about the new birth. Just give you that for your personal study. He says, if you're born again, you're alive with Christ, your affections is on things above, not on the things of the world. But if you are born again of the Spirit of God, you become a part of God and are eternal with Him. Then death cannot touch you when you're born again. You are eternal. See, the only thing death can do is escort you from this body to another body. That's all death can do. It can't touch you. I'm just here to take you to another place. Amen. He says you are eternal. You have changed from a creature of time to a creature of eternity. You have changed from life unto death. All right. You with me? The uniting time and sign. He says the uniting time is at hand for God is getting the church together to be a a rapture to go to the wedding for the great union when God and man will unite for eternity when creatures of time unite with eternal. 
He says it was once done in the form of the Son of Man on the earth. He had to give his life to bring about a power to unite other men with this same power for the bride of Jesus Christ. Now, did you catch that? Jesus had to come full of that power and to give his life to unite us with that power. Then if we're united with that power, that's the godliness that brings the contentment, which is great gain. All right. He says the church is uniting itself to the body of Christ. It's got itself free, cut away from every fetter, getting itself ready, getting together a union among them. Oh, a love and joy and the Holy Spirit moving among them. Hallelujah. What is it? Oh, we still got this flesh that troubles us, but there's a love and a joy moving amongst us. We still got times that make us sad, but there's a love and a joy moving amongst us. We still got distresses and things that will play with our minds and cause us to worry unnecessarily, but there's still a love and a joy moving amongst us. And oftentimes we find ourselves in a place. I said to my wife the other day, I says, I don't like how I'm reacting to things right now. I just don't like it. I says, I need to spend... I didn't tell her this, but I said within myself, I need to spend some time with the Lord. Because I'm too much reacting to external stimulus. And I don't like the way I'm reacting to it. It's upsetting me. There's lots upsetting in this age. Are you with me? But when you are centered on that eternal part, nothing can upset you. Hallelujah. I'm glad we can go to Him. I'm glad that we can get into the eternal. See, when the blood of Jesus Christ came, it bridged the gap so that you can go to Him. Before it was only Him coming to you. But now by the blood of Jesus Christ, you can go to Him. You have a right into the Holy of Holies. You have a right into the presence of God. Because when Christ died at Calvary, the veil was rent from the top to the bottom by God himself. Showing that before it was death to enter in there. Now it's death not to enter in there. And we must enter into the Holy of Holies. Because outside here is all death. We must go to that eternal place. I said we come back to Abraham. So let's come back to him and... Close there. Abraham on the plains of memory. Now God had spoke to him. I think Abraham's been preached on a lot lately. The father of the faith. Whose children we are by faith. And God said to him. You'll have a son. You'll, you'll have a son. And it'll be by Sarah. And for 25 years. Abraham lived in that promise. Where was he living? The promise was eternal. God gave him a promise. God's word, as we heard Wednesday night, is eternal. God will not lie. And heavens and earth will pass away, but his word will never fail. And so God spoke to Abraham, and even though God maybe only spoke to Abraham a few times, maybe, I think Brother Biscoe timed it one time, what was it, five, six, seven minutes in total, in his entire life of a hundred and some years, that's recorded that God spoke to him, but Abraham lived there. God said, I'm going to have a son. The Bible says for 25 years he lived there. And though the outside got weaker, 
But the Bible says Abraham grew stronger in faith, giving praise to God. How could he do that? Only by not living in the outside. Because if he lived in the flesh, he'd have got weaker. I'm trying, Lord. I'm trying. I'm trying to, to serve you. I'm trying to have a child. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help my relationship with Sarah. I'm trying to build this. I'm trying to hold this thing together. I'm trying with everything that's in me. No, he didn't live there. He lived in the promise, Lord, you said. Draw me nearer, Lord, you said. You said I would have a son. You said it would come to pass. He didn't know how. He didn't know when. He just knew the absoluteness of the promise, the eternal promise of God. He knew he couldn't bring it to pass. But the faith within Abraham would not let go of the promise. Because faith is a revelation that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Didn't matter what his body looked like. Didn't matter what his relationship looked like. Because after all, it was Sarah that said, well, we haven't had pleasure together as a man and a woman for a long time. Now, not only was it impossible for their age, it was impossible because of their relationship. They didn't even have physical relationship no more. It was no longer with them like a young couple. And, and so they, you could say it this way, they, were, they now moved into twin beds rather than one king-size bed. All right, you understand what I'm saying? So Abraham, now for 25 years, and I want you to catch this, because this is glorious. For 25 years, he preached to Sarah. Right? Sarah, we're going to have a child. Uh, don't you believe, Sarah? Sure, I'm a believer. Sarah, we're going to have a child. We're gonna, you're going to have a child. Sarah, you're going to have a son. Oh, sure, Abraham. Sarah, say amen. Come on, say Amen. You're a believer. Say amen. Come on. You're going to have a child, Sarah. Come on. Abraham's faith was strong, but Sarah's wasn't so strong. But she was a believer. All right. But something hadn't happened in her yet. And so she was, they were just going along and going along. Five years, ten years. Praise the Lord. More of a miracle today than it was yesterday. Abraham went to the store, as we heard, got booties, got this, got that. He was believing, he was living the promise, he was responding to the promise. Everything was there with Abraham. But you can't make somebody else believe. Only God can make him believe. You can claim it, you can believe it, and that's our part. You can do everything that God inspires you to do and you can live a life that creates an atmosphere. And I'm no doubt every time that Sarah got around Abraham and he started expressing the word of God and, you know, maybe sometimes she cringed. Abraham, do you know how ridiculous that sounds to other people? Like, maybe, maybe don't preach on those things. Like, holiness? Like, or serpent seed, you know, don't, don't preach on those. How ridiculous that sounds to the world, you know. I know we believe those things. That I'm gonna have a son. And, and you're, but that's our, our personal revelation. Don't preach on, Abraham's like, we're gonna have a son. Praise the Lord, we're gonna have a son. It's glorious. God said it. God's word can never fail. Praise the Lord, we're gonna have a rapture. Praise the Lord, we're going to have a body change. 
Amen. How's it going to happen? I don't know. One of these days, in the moment of the twinkling of an eye, this old body ain't going to have its old problems anymore. We're going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. Well, when is it going to happen? And we're right in it right now. But you said that 30 years ago. You said that 40 years ago. And we're still in it. It's more of a miracle today than it was yesterday. Hallelujah. Abraham just preaching to Sarah. We're going to have a son. We're going to have a son. But one day was Sarah's day. Oh, hallelujah. See, God had spoke to Abraham. He hadn't spoke to Sarah yet. 25 years, God spoke to Abraham. But he hadn't visited Sarah yet. But now came Sarah's day. And God comes down on the plains of memory. And Abraham bows himself. Oh, my Lord. You've come. Let me fix you some food. Let me, let me serve you. Let me do something for you. You've blessed me. You've increased me. You gave me Ishmael. All of these things. But that wasn't where the promise was. God said it would be by Sarah. Abraham was not expecting this visitation. It was not a, it was an appointed time in God's mind, but to Abraham, this was a surprise. And God came down on the plains to Mamre. He did, I don't think he really came down to tell Abraham. He came down to visit Sarah. Hallelujah. And he says to him, he says, where is Sarah, your wife? See, he wasn't there for Abraham. Where's Sarah at? And Abraham says, behold, in the tent. He says, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. The Bible says, Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. So she's in the tent behind him. All right. I'm going to go way over here to illustrate this. I don't know if you can get a camera on me over here. She's in the tent. She's over here. Where is she? She's in the tent behind you. She hears her name. She's standing in the doorway now. He says, I'm going to visit you according to the time of life. There's Jehovah. I'll use you as Jehovah. That's okay, Mike. There's Jehovah sitting there. You've got to face that direction. You're talking to Abraham. <laughs> She's standing behind here. And he says, I'll visit you according to the time of life and Sarah will have a son. And the Bible says, Sarah laughs within herself. And then, then Jehovah says, why did Sarah laugh? Oh my, now she knows. Hallelujah. I'm not in the presence of a man. I'm in the presence of eternity. And Sarah says, I didn't laugh. And Brother Brown says, if she wasn't a part of Abraham, he'd have slain her right there. For calling him a liar. But he didn't slay her because she was part of the promise. 
And there's many times that maybe we, I'll just say, as much as laughed. Say, oh, it's impossible. But God can't slay you because you're a part of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. She laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Then the Bible says, Sarah denied it. That's when he would have slain her. But now listen to this. That's what we see in the natural. But now in the mind of God, as he reveals it to Paul in Hebrews 11, he says, through faith, also Sarah receives strength to conceive seed. Abraham had been strong for 25 years. But this. This was Sarah's moment. This was her visitation. We're going to a camp. Maybe you've been in in church a long time. Maybe camp will be your moment. Don't despise it. You on the United States size. When you go to that camp and you set that, that in order there. We'll be watching here at the church because this might be somebody's moment. But you don't even have to wait till next week. I'll say Jehovah's here this morning. And maybe this is your moment. Maybe you've been raised in the message. Maybe you've heard the word. Hallelujah. Maybe you've held on to it. But now's your time to say, Lord, I now believe Lord, I now receive. Lord, I'm willing to give everything that I am unto you. And lay my entire life down. To walk in the promise for this day. Abraham walked with God. And his walk with God created an atmosphere. All the time. He was waiting for Sarah to believe. But when that atmosphere was right and God came down and stepped right into that atmosphere, then it was time for Sarah to receive strength to conceive seed. And Sarah was turned young again. And Abraham was turned young. You know the story. I'll tell you what. If you're a believer, you keep believing. You're a son or a daughter of God, you stay in that place. You might be even believing for somebody else. Don't worry. If you're believing for them, God's given you a promise for them. You just hold on to that. And you stay in your satisfying place. You stay in that eternal place where there's no tomorrow, no yesterday. See, that was the thing about Abraham. Every day was today. Every day he lived with the reality, today is eternal. His eternal promise is effective today. And Sarah could get pregnant today. And then nothing happened. And the next morning he got up and said, it's another today. Why? Because he was living in the eternal promise. It doesn't matter how many yesterdays there are. It doesn't matter the struggles you've been through. 
It doesn't matter the battle. Today, the promise is in effect. Today, his word is true. Today, his word is eternal. Today, his power is effective. Today. Not yesterday. Say, well, yesterday I didn't get it yesterday. That doesn't matter to me. But the Bible says if I prayed for a thousand people yesterday and they all died, I'd be praying for the sick today. Because his promise is still in effect. Amen. It's a reality to eternal creatures. Hallelujah. Job wouldn't move off the ash heap until he came to that today, that eternal place. Until he heard personally from God. He wanted to know the reality of the resurrection as the musicians come. All right, I'm going to do it. Sister Karen, you go take the baby from Sarah. She's in the nursery. Because Sarah's going to come and sing, is anything too hard for God? I'll deal with that later. (laughs) Amen. Is anything too hard for God? Brother Brown says it this way in the message, Shalom. Let me just read you a few things as the musicians are coming. I don't know if they'll be able to get it together. If it doesn't sound perfect, that's all right. Because God pours himself through our imperfections and pours out his spirit. He uses weakness for his glory. Amen. Brother Ram says, Shalom, peace. Don't be weary. Jesus is here. His great light has come to us and we're thankful for it. Yes, his word, the great mystery. Here he is today manifesting himself. Doing the same as he did then. Just the same, doing the very same thing. He says, we are creatures of time. He's God of eternity. We try to press ourselves. We try to make something different. Oh, this has got to be done. Remember, he knows all about it. Amen. It's going to happen anyhow. You got something you're looking to him for? He says, it's going to happen anyhow. Just commit yourself to him. Let him do it. I'll say it again. Let him do it. Quit trying to do it. Let him do it. I say it often to young preachers who ask me for advice in preaching. Not young preachers here necessarily, but around the world. I said, let the word do it. Don't try and do it in your own strength. Let the word do it. God pours his word in. He says, we're creatures of time. He's God of of eternity. He says, look up and shine with the joy of the Lord to know that you've been privileged. Your eyes have come open and see this day. Trust in him for the future. You've seen him vindicate His word in days past. He that vindicated his word in days past. And made all these other things happen. Just exactly to the hour that we're living. Everything exactly to the seventh angel's message. 
but showed it in heaven on earth and made it known three ways so there could be no slip up. Remember, he promised he'd come again. The word will be vindicated. God, God's promised word with 2,000 years of waiting, he will arrive on time. Don't be weary. He'll be here. Hallelujah. I'm not done yet. He says, there will be a millennium. The old will be young there forever. Sickness will fade away and death will be no more. And they shall build houses and they will inhabit them. They'll plant vineyards and eat the fruit thereof. They'll not plant and another inhabit. Amen. He says, the lion will eat straw with the bullock. The child shall lead them around. They'll be innocents. He says, there'll be nothing could hurt. We'll be changed from what we are now to the glorious image of the Son of God, which is immortal. Hallelujah. Years can never touch Him. Age can never do anything to Him. He's the immortal Son of God. Hallelujah. He says, now the future, He holds it. How do I know when he's, how do I know when he's coming? When's he coming? I don't know. But he'll be here. That's right. When will he do thus and thus? There's your promise. Listen to what he says. When will he do thus and thus? When will the curse go off the earth? When will these blessed reflections of God's loves of trees and everything shining out here and flowers and things, when will they immortal grow? I don't know, but they will. Are you with me? But they will. Amen. When will the reflection of men's hearts desiring to live and hospitals and doctors and operations and crying and grief when will it all cease to a glorious reign with Jesus for a thousand years of shalom? When will it? I don't know. He said it would be there. I don't know when he's going to do it, but his spoken word will be vindicated. When the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings and the healing part will not be a physical healing as you think, as saying somebody's thick, sick and it'll be taken from them. That's what he's doing now in type. But the whole creature will be changed. This mortal will take on immortality. This old age will jump into youth. Well, how will it be? I don't know, but it'll be there. Hallelujah. We're already eternal creatures by the new birth. We've already moved from time to eternity. The flesh is still warring against it. We're still seeing, as it were, death of the saints going before us. One going this way, another going that way. doesn't matter how they go. It's their time to leave. How long will it be till it happens? I don't know. But one day, it's going to happen. Why? Because there's an eternal part in here says that today, it's possible 
for him to fulfill his word. Fulfill his promise. How many would say today it's possible for God to meet his promise to me? How many would claim that from him this morning? Is anything too hard for God? Nothing. Why don't you, can you sing that? Only believe, trust His word. 
hands together. I'll ask you, but he asked Sarah. God himself asked Sarah. God himself said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Be content in my grace. He said to Sarah, he says, is anything too hard for God? Who's got a problem here this morning? Out on the internet, wherever you're listening. Who's got a problem beyond his power to solve? But as Brother Branham said, and I'll quote him, commit it to him and let him do it. When we try to do it ourselves, he steps back. He says, all right, you think you can do it? Go for it. But God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to lay our burdens at his feet. He wants us to bring our needs, as it were, to the altar. And just say, Lord, you see my problem. I can't solve it. But you can solve it. Lord, you see my question. I don't know the answer, but you know the answer. Why don't you just do that this morning? If you're, if you're someone this morning that's never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, I would encourage you. I would encourage you. He's got the, your answers. But you have to go to Him. Brother Tim doesn't have your answers. This church doesn't have your answers, but Jesus Christ has your answers. And He sent His Word to quicken you and set you free from everything of this world. If you'll just... Even right now, why don't you just lift your hand to him and say, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my healer. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my deliverance this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we're gathered together in your divine presence, we heard the song. There's nothing here this morning beyond your power to solve. There's nothing, oh God, that's too great for you. Lord, you met Abraham. Now, Lord, you see sons and daughters of God, even those that have been quickened by your spirit, Lord. We're holding to that eternal place and we say, Lord, this need, this burden, this prayer request, we're laying it at your feet this morning and saying, Lord, it's yours, oh God. We cannot solve it, but we claim the Almighty One by the blood of Jesus Christ, which has bridged the gap. And allow me to come unto your presence and be in prayer even as though it was Christ himself asking. And as if if it was surely Christ, you would not turn him down. And Lord, we're claiming your promises this morning. We're claiming every healing. We're claiming every restoration. We're claiming every soul that needs to be saved. We're claiming every predestinated life. We're claiming every hardship and distress, Lord, to flee away in the presence of Almighty God. Lord, I pray that you'll just take complete preeminence this morning of every life as we worship you, Lord. As we lift up your holy name, we say, oh God, our life is yours. Everything that we are is yours, oh God. We're going to leave this place today and face the onslaught of the enemy. But if we're anchored in the eternal, nothing can faze us. We might reel from the devil's punches sometimes, but he'll never be able to destroy us. For we're anchored in the eternal. Hallelujah. Give me E flat, please. I am thine, oh. 
desire there's something in us it's been anchored beyond the fail it just keeps saying that draw me nearer Lord bring me nearer today than I was yesterday that's an eternal experience as long as we're in these mortal bodies it will constantly be drawing us nearer I'm glad for the pull aren't you glad for the pull I'm glad that it pulls me to the eternal which pulls my flesh away from the natural. Says, I don't want that. That doesn't satisfy. I lay that down this morning. I'm not interested in those things. Draw me nearer, Lord. I got to confess, the, the more time goes on, the less desire I have to buy things. 
to get new things. It's like, what's the point? There's no satisfaction in that. Get a new suit. What for? The old one's okay. Get a new car. I got a car that's falling apart at the seams. Every time I look at, I type into the thing, cars, this much money. It's like, I look at all of them and go, what's the point? You know, as long as this one's running, maybe it'll die one day. But the, I can't find any satisfaction there. But I'll tell you what, once I get into the word, and I love nothing better than to spend hours in the word, hours in the word, just in that eternal place alone with him in prayer and in the word and I don't get as much time that I know there was excuse me for rambling but I do have a point I know there was services that were spoken recently brother Murphy uh, last Sunday and other services that I heard were outstanding services I've been so busy this week I haven't had a couple hours to put together to to be able to just sit down and listen to those services I've been wanting to to hear what the Lord spoke because that really is our satisfying portion. As busy as this world gets, give me a moment. Lord, give me 15 minutes. Lord, let me just have some time. Just locked into that eternal realm and draw me near. Maybe we'll sing the, the third verse. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend when I kneel in prayer and with thee my God I commune as friend with friend a single hour why do we have camp meetings it's to get alone with God it's to be able to create an atmosphere it's not to whoop us up or or create some kind of human emotion there'll be human emotion I'm sure They'll, we all react differently to the moving of the Spirit of God. But it's to create an atmosphere. Why do people labor in the kitchen early morning till late at night to feed the campers? It's to create an atmosphere. Why do counselors counsel with the young people? It's to create an atmosphere. Why, why does people give of themselves and people sacrifice their money? I won't mention names, but the people that are even flying down from Canada got to go through their testing and, and get on the plane and land in the States and go through what they got to go through. And then they got to go through their testing. They don't give you that testing for free. You got to pay for that. And then the pay for the camp and all of those things. It's an expensive item, but it's an eternal thing. Money will perish much as you got, use it for the kingdom of God. Use it for things. Uh, I'll just say, I don't mean to be carnal, but take the money out of your account here and put it in your account over there. And you can only do that by doing something for the kingdom of God. But we do it all for one thing. That somebody can connect with eternity. Whether it be at camp, whether it be in the church here, wherever it might be. I don't even have words to say what I want to say. But I'll say it this way. Let that eternal connection be the center of your life. 
There's lots of other things we got to do. But let that eternal connection be the centermost thing of your life. As we sing this third verse together, I want you to think about camp. I want you to think about the campers and the preachers and all of that. We're going to pray for them and commit them to God. Oh, the pure delight of a single deal would you just come down i want you to pray close the service and pray for the camp you're probably not going are you no i didn't think you were but brother matthew's been raised in this church many years and been to many camps participated in many skits done many things that have been a blessing to many people i'm not trying to build him up i'm just saying sometimes it works you can't be involved anymore But you can pray for those that are. Amen. Don't you love what God's doing? We're in eternity. We're already there. There's a vein, there's a thread that's flowing through this civilization. And one day God's going to say, it's enough. And he's just going to pull that thread. And everybody that's connected to that thread is going to be caught up out of here. Hallelujah, what a wonderful day that's going to be. Brother Matthew, come and commit us to the Lord in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Father, it's been so good to be in your presence this morning, Lord. Father, we're thankful that we can come to a God that we know hears us, Father. Lord, you hear our hearts cry, Lord, this morning, Father. Lord, the words we can't say, Father, that maybe can't be spoken all the time, Lord, and each each one here has those words, Lord. But you hear them, Father. And Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, that you have an appointed time. As you did for Sarah, you have an appointed time for each one of us, Lord Jesus. And for each one that we love, oh God. And Lord, we hold to that promise, Lord Jesus, because we know that you're so faithful in all that you do. Lord, you've never failed once, oh God. Lord, we fail daily, Lord, but you've never failed, oh God. You're the faithful, almighty God, Lord. Your prophet said if we could only watch you ride in a battle one time, Lord Jesus. 
And Lord, we have. We've seen you ride out time after time, oh God. Lord, you're mighty in battle this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word, oh God, that's come this morning from Lord. Lord, we're so thankful, Father, that we can have an ear to hear, Lord, what you would want to say to us, oh God. Lord, we want to thank you that you even gave us that, Lord Jesus. An ear to hear where many want to shut their ears off to anything that you would want to say, oh God. But we want to thank you this morning, Lord, and we want to tell you that we love you, that you've been good to us. You've been a wonderful father to us, Lord. You've been so faithful, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you would just keep dealing with our hearts, Lord Jesus. Each one here, Lord, each that we love. Father, that you would speak so tenderly to each one, Lord. You know how to speak, Father, where we can't, Lord. Father, you make up the difference, Lord, when we always fall short, Lord Jesus. Father, we're thinking about so many things coming up this week, Lord. We're thinking about camp coming up and the different ones that are going to be there, Lord. You know exactly which ones will be there, Father. You know which ones need something from you, Lord. We all need something from you, Father. But I just pray that you would make your presence so felt, Lord, there at the camp, Lord. May you just hover over that area, Lord Jesus. And in each of our homes, Father, those of us that can't be there, that would love to be there, Father. Lord, you be the portion for each one of us, I'll pray. I pray, oh God. We love you, Father. We know that you're going to be with each one, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would help each one that's going to be traveling, Lord, that everything would go smoothly, Father. Open the doors, Lord Jesus, for each one, we pray, oh Lord. We want to thank you and give you the praise and the glory, Lord, this morning, Father. Be with each one now this afternoon, we ask it in the precious name of our Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So there'll be no uh, Wednesday night service this week. The camp meetings start on Thursday night. And we'll be streaming the services into the chapel, the sanctuary here. Anybody and everybody that wants to come and be a part of the camp by way of streaming, you can come here. That'll be both evening and morning services will be streamed here. And then the events next Saturday uh, and next Sunday at... Brother Sam and Sister Rebecca's. God bless you, Sister Rebecca. Amen. <laughs> they have. So those of you that have never been there, uh, it's not just a, a little house on a little postage stamp size piece like mine. It's They've got a few acres, so you'll have a little bit of elbow room. All right. So don't think you're all going to be crowded into a little place. It'll be a wonderful time together. Look forward to that. Amen. Do you love him? I want to sing one more song. I know there's only one service today. And I should let you go, but let's sing uh, Beulah Land, I'm Homesick for a Country. Uh, I think it's in key of F. I'm kind.
someday we're going there. And until then, we're connected to there. It can't fail. We're connected. Amen. God bless you. Remember one another in prayer. Remember the camp in prayer. Why don't you turn around and shake hands with someone. God bless you. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name.